Father, we thank you for uh, a new year, uh, an opportunity that lies before us to glorify, enjoy, to grow in our walk with you, to grow more like our Savior. Uh, help us to seize the opportunities in Christ's name. Amen. So we are are going to wrap up chapter 31. And I thought before we wrapped up chapter 31, which is basically what church government is about, uh, the limits on church government. Westminster doesn't specify a particular kind of government. It could be congregational, it could be Episcopal, it could be Presbyterian. And so when we're trying to develop a biblical understanding of how the church runs, we know that God appointed officers. And so can someone read for me Titus chapter 1, verses 5 through 9? Just as a hint, I'll be asking you to read the other passages too. (laughs) Well, let's start with Titus 1, 5 to 9. This is why I left you in Crete, so that you might put what remains into order. Appoint elders in every town under high direction. If anyone is above the reproach of the one wife, and his children are believers, and not those who regard the apostasy of salvation, the overseer as God's steward must be above the reproach. So, what would you, how would you classify those qualifications? What, what would you say are the primary labels if you could group those qualifications into different groups? Uh, verses 5 through 9, Titus 1, 5 through 9. person's character... And then a person's ability or knowledge. And and those two are kind of connected together. He's got to hold the faith. He's got to hold firm the faith so that he may be able to instruct. He may be able to rebuke. So his character and then his knowledge and ability. I don't necessarily think that means ability is not as important as character, but certainly I do think it means that if the character is not there, uh, that's the foundation from which the knowledge and the ability flow. Uh, the, the, the Christ-like character is what produces the kind of person that Timothy is supposed to be developing. He's supposed to be finding these guys. And that's part of what Paul has left undone. 
Now, someone else read for me Hebrews chapter 13, verses 7 through 9. So clearly, there's a responsibility on the part of people in the congregation to spiritual leaders. And what is that responsibility? Hebrews chapter 13, verses 7 through 9. So what is the person in the congregation supposed to, there's a, there's a word in there, it's, to imitate. <laughs> so there's the problem. So now let's go back and read, pick up. Pick up with the verse, uh, just read that passage again, I'm sorry. <laughs> so, the other thing this is expecting that you are going to have godly leaders. That you're going to have men in all their imperfections and in all their weaknesses, but men who genuinely are pursuing the faith. And so you're to consider their life, consider the outcome of their life, consider the outcome of their walk with God, and to the degree that they are demonstrating what it means to be a man of faith, a faithful man, we're to imitate them. They're to be role models in the congregation. Now, obviously, this is open to all kinds of abuse. (laughs) And we can obviously think, but all of those guys that we would point our fingers at and say, that's abusive, none of those guys are the picture of Christ that we're called to ultimately imitate. In the same way as males, male headship and marriage. Uh, yes, that biblical, very clear teaching is profoundly abused. Uh, I was, I was telling somebody, uh, recently, uh, a young man was asking, how should I be intentional? What are some practical steps for maintaining the relationship after the vows. And my wife gave very, very beautiful practical counsel, and I looked at him and I said, essentially, don't be a moron. Uh, You're called to love her like Christ loves the church. You're called to be enraptured with her. You're called to, to, to 
lift her up, to glory, to, to honor her, to cherish her. All of those things that are so clear in Scripture that I don't think any to-do list is ever going to help us do, but it demonstrates the character of Christ. And as we demonstrate the character of Christ in our marriages, that is something that should be imitated. As we demonstrate the character of Christ in our relationships with our children, that's something that should be imitated. But... Clearly, that puts a burden on the officers. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, and um, let's see, where was I going to... Uh, as as the, the consideration, consider their way of life uh, very much as they... Oh, the, the following after strange teachings. That's where I was going with that. One of the things that I've discovered in 20 years of pastoral ministry is that 99% of my theological disagreements with people, the reason that people are theologically going to no longer be around me or whatever, 99% of that is a smokescreen for some personal relationship, some personal hurt, some personal slight, (laughs) some personal failing. And I think we tend to dress up our, uh, our, our theological arguments. <laughs> and because it makes us feel righteous. If, if I can say, I've got a theological disagreement with you, then I am on the side of right. And if in fact, it's just, you gave me a weird look three weeks ago, and I've been stewing on that ever since, and what was meant behind that weird look, and et cetera, et cetera. Uh, and I, I think that kind of, it speaks to me as a theologian. It humbles me a little bit. Uh, but also, I think that if we've got that relationship with our leaders, that we trust them, that they're men of character, that they're godly men, then we're not going to be led away by strange doctrine quite as quickly. They're, they're, it's, it's all part of the whole flavor of it. <laughs> uh, because I think it's usually when we get, sideways with each other that all of a sudden we discover that I've just decided that the eternal subordination of the Son is a make-or-break doctrine for fellowship. Uh, (laughs) And it's usually a much more base (laughs) motivation. Well, think of how when Paul says, follow me, he qualifies it as I follow Christ. Right, and that's what Hebrews is saying. It's consider the outcome of their faith. That's If you see me doing things that are... Well... <laughs> 
Okay, okay. So yes, to do it outwardly in an imitation. So that would be a more mocking uh, or mockery. Whereas, right, exactly. So uh, the the concept that the scripture is using is more uh, as in a mirror. Right, as in a mirror. Okay, so that's, yes, and I, I think we would all be in agreement that that's not good. <laughs> we should not be fake or, or hypocrites or, or any of that. But, y- yes. Yeah, so um, as a side note, but I think illustrative of your point, uh, I was curious the other day what happens when you're blocked from someone's iPhone. So I had my daughter block me, and I called her, and her phone didn't make a noise. It just rang and rang and rang, and then went straight to voicemail. But it wasn't her voicemail. It was, you know, please leave, the number you call is not available, please leave a message. And I say, you know, that is the most passive, aggressive <laughs> way of telling someone you don't want them to be in your life. If it was a clear, honest, direct way, I would have gotten a message saying, this person has blocked you. <laughs> Do not ever call them again. <laughs> but... We just avoid that conflict. We, we run away from it. All right. Well, so here's what I wanted to, to bring to you today. And, and we didn't really look at first. Well, how much time do we have? We got five minutes. All right. Let, <laughs> uh, let's go ahead and look at First Timothy 3, 1 to 13. Uh, could someone read that passage?
So, just real quickly, I want to wrap this up in just a minute or two. In both elders and deacons, you see character as foundational. The elders are also to have that knowledge and ability that you see in there. You can't be uh, new to the faith, uh, that sort of thing. It's expected that there's going to be a maturity uh, in that man. Now, here's my takeaway point from the whole thing. First off, obviously, this is a reminder to me and hopefully to the other elders and deacons of our calling and and the man that I'm called to be, the men that we are called to be. But the other thing I really want to draw your attention to, and this is where I hope I bring in everybody from Seth all the way up, is these are to be the characters of a godly man. It's not that this is the exception to all the other jerks you've got. If you want to know what God is calling you to as a young man, he's calling you to these characteristics. He's calling you to be. And and so one of the things that I will say, and I'll just say this in close, you can be single and not be a one-woman man. You it, Being a one-woman man means a lot more <laughs> than simply only having one wife. <laughs> so having that attitude towards women, having that uh, discipline, having that, that focus, being the kind of young man uh, that you would be glad for your sister to marry or whatever uh, is, is the calling that each one of us have. But this is to be how the church does when the church is doing well. This is how the church operates when the church is operating well. Sin comes in, it clouds it, gives us headaches and all that sort of stuff. But when everything's firing on all eight cylinders, here are the characters that we're seeing in our leadership and the characters that we're developing uh, in our own congregations. So... Well, I, I think everybody on the session would agree with that. We've had that conversation several times as a session, and uh, we've had it with people uh, in the congregation. And, you know, it, I would love, we'd be thrilled if God would cause men to come, uh, move into the area or whatever that were in there. Well, a lot of them are in churches. If you're, a, if you're a godly older man, you've been in that church for 20 years and you're going to continue. Well, and, yeah, I don't want any guys retiring. <laughs> we don't do retirement. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, and, and I think in a lot of more established churches, that's a healthy reality. That's what you want. Uh, well. Well, well, I'll, I'll, I'll continue to encourage that in. I'm getting the watch tap, though, meaning I'm over time. So let me, uh, let me close this in prayer. Father, I pray that you would uh, help us to recognize the character that we as leaders are called to demonstrate, to model that uh, as best we can, as honestly and with integrity as we can to see that develop in our young men in our congregations as well as our young women uh, as they follow after uh, those who are following after Christ. Uh, we pray in his name. Amen.